Guys, so what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Wonderful Art Studio ZSL Podcast. Happy Monday to everybody. And here we are talking about IPOs. Man, there's been a lot of discussion in regards to IPO. And I'm really happy that I'm going to be speaking about this today because it was one of the big things that um, one of the smaller airlines out here in Thailand by the name of Air Asia Low Cost Airline, um, they were in pure desperation. Right. And I think uh, the finance team and, you know, the CFO, they had to find different ways of uh, getting funds to be able to weather this storm that is really, really insurmountable. It just seems like it's going to continue going and going and going. And because domestic uh, travel has come to a, has grinded, okay, to a halt, there's no telling what's going to happen. So they said, you know what, what about IPO? And so they're thinking about making their uh, what is it making their company go public instead of a private company? Because obviously, uh, Air Asia, you know, Nuck Air, these other companies, although they're low cost, they're private companies, right? Once you go public, you officially have stock. You have a lot of different things. And so, what are some of the advantages and disadvantages of obviously uh, going uh, making a what is it a company public? I remember Lisa Nichols talked about this about five years ago when she wrote her book you know, uh, what is it, Abundance Now. And she says she was the second ever African-American woman to make her company go public. This was obviously behind uh, Oprah Winfrey, which was, you know, who was or who is or you know, who was a very popular talk show host back in the 80s and 90s going into the 2000s. I don't know if she does anything anymore. But um, nonetheless, it's pretty remarkable uh, to even know that but also there are lots of disadvantages. So let's look at the advantages first. So if we look at some of the advantages, obviously, of going uh, public, you know, you have increased access to raising capital, right? Um, you know, that means you have a larger investor base. That means people can pump money into, obviously, your company. So if you look at Air Asia, for instance, the moment they get that IPO and they go public, they're going to be able to get investments from other places versus private. It's a little bit more difficult, right? Um, you could also lower cost of capital relative to debt financing, which I had talked about before. Um, if we look at like credibility and visibility, which is the biggest one, right? Once you enter that market and you have stock and you are officially public, man, the visibility is everything. It's kind of like using Amazon. Amazon's a marketplace, right? Now, Amazon is very like Udemy. Udemy is absolute trash, though, and I really don't like uh, Amazon either because I deserve 100% of my royalties. So if we look at Amazon and people selling eBooks on Amazon, you know, Amazon's going to take a cut of theirs, uh, they're going to tax you, and then they're going to give you whatever leftovers there are. And me, I'm just like, no, I want, to, I want you to buy directly from me. Right. And so that's why I hurry up and cut my name off Udemy because Udemy would just like switch up, you know, a lot of what's on your profile without telling you. And the next thing you know, what a, a course which you invested so much time in, which could be priced easily at a hundred, it ends up going down to ten dollars. And guess what? They're gonna get a cut of that too. And these are the problems with obviously, you know, uh not only, you know, going public, but using different companies to to put your st your stuff out there however a private company such as podia what i you know what i'm enrolled in i pay basically 80 dollars a month to host my memberships to host my courses to host my webinars to host everything and the benefits of this is that 
hey, there's no one sticking their hands in my pockets. You know, I get taxed based on obviously American regulations, which is, you know, uh, it could be anywhere between like 10% or it could be a little less than that, depending on what it is. And that's the end of it. And this is why I absolutely love, you know, using a company like this, because guess what? The creators get 100% royalties. Does that make sense? So again, I don't use the marketplace because I don't need that exposure anymore. I finally, after three and a half years, I've gained my own exposure. Therefore, I can set my own price and I don't need anyone putting their hands in my pockets, right? And so when I tried Udemy, I was like, okay, let me put a course on here. And so when I put a course on there, I realized that the entire marketplace were 10 countries and no offense to those countries, but the majority of them were, you know, I guess because there are people with money markets and there are people without money markets. These, these countries that were actually logged in were some of the poorest countries in the world. And that's not my market. Now, there are my, there, that market is for other people, but not my market. My market is totally different from that and on opposite ends of the uh, hemispheres of, of course, planet Earth. And so what, what happened is I would get comments from these people who know nothing about me and say, oh, you're not even funny. You're not this. You're not that. And I'm like, how does someone complain about a free course that was actually beneficial? And to be honest with you, I got nothing from that. And so I finally like pulled all those courses because I think the customer service with Udemy was absolutely horrific. And I said, you know what, I'm going to go private and I'm going to do this with my own fans. And guess what? It ended up working. You know what I mean? So anyways, let's look at some of the disadvantages. Of going, plub, uh, of going public now. So before we get obviously into the IPO tips and a couple of other things. So here we go. The process can be expensive, okay? It's time consuming, right? Um, loss of management control is the biggest thing. You know, one of the big things that happened out here recently in Thailand, there was a, uh, one of the CEOs, I believe, or founder of uh, Tonbury Hospital, if I'm not mistaken. His name is Dr. Boone. I don't know his full name, but, you know, he came out and he started saying some erroneous, like erroneous comments, right, about I'm going to buy 20 million Pfizer and I have to do this and do that. And then next thing you know, his stock's completely soured, right? And the SEC, you know, the, you know, the people that regulate this, they started looking into him and saying, okay, listen. You were obviously, after one month of saying that and getting Thai people's hopes up, you were obviously like trying to boost your stocks. There was nothing packed behind that. Pfizer and Biotech and all these other companies, they said that they had no recollection and they weren't speaking to you whatsoever a month in. Now you say that it's, you're impo it's impossible to get Pfizer vaccines. So what was the whole intent behind that? And so because his company is, uh, oh man, I don't even, well, he does have stock. So I'm, I'm assuming that it is public now because you can obviously invest in it. And then that's how his shares went up. You can't do that with a private company, obviously, but now he is under fire, right? And so you lose a lot of management because a lot of people start coming to you with regulations. So the increased liability is possible. What could end up happening with obvious, you know, with some of these public, you know, companies is that, you know, this intense scrutiny, scrutiny, meaning they are examining your every move. If you do one weird thing, you're going to come crashing down. This is how Facebook literally every day, there's always a negative article about them that's coming out. They're always under fire because obviously they accept a lot of 
uh, bigotry and a lot of racism and racial hatred and trolling and stuff online. And of course, with Twitter and other, uh, what is it, other social media. And so because they're public, they're under fire. But let me give you an example of a company that wasn't public to begin with. And it was um, not a company, but it was an application and it was called Clubhouse. This is what I was really amping up on my podcast back in March or April of this year. And I swear I was on the verge of buying my iPhone. I'm like, my, my new iPhone, of course. And I'm like, okay, guys, I'm gonna be getting this new Clubhouse. It's gonna be phenomenal. This is gonna happen, that's gonna happen. And the next, you know, everything shut down. The company I was working for shut down. Everything, let's just say my Thai economy, okay, went down the drain. And so I was like, well, that is the majority of my, that's probably about 80% of my income. So within the next three months, I focused more on, uh, you know, my online income and I completely reversed that. It went 700% online and I could really give a damn about the Thai Thai economy and the Thai income anymore because they are, Thailand's going through a one year process of hell. So in saying that, and the reason why I tell you guys this is that back then with Clubhouse, okay, I just went off on a tangent like I normally do, but with Clubhouse, they were private. You could only get invitation. And I do believe that it is still going today. It's invite only. Now, I got a few friends, obviously, um, you know, that, you know, they have those invitations and stuff like that, and I could get on and I could start creating. But to be honest with you, now that I'm looking at it and I'm like, damn, well, it's already August. Your new iPhone's going to be out in three months. And to be honest with you, I'm going to invest in a MacBook uh, Pro first. That's right. I'm not going to be getting the Air again. I'm going to be getting a Pro because it has a built-in fan. A lot of people would say, oh, it's a little bit heavier. But now considering that I have a bag and that it's really easy to get around, I don't have to carry it 5,000 miles all the time. And of course, I'm working from home. It's not a big deal anymore. So the reason a lot of people, and it came under fire because people who have, have Android, they're like, oh, no, I can't get on. And only people with iPhone. Oh, I'm the only one that can get on it. And you know, there's a lot and it's invite only. So it's very, very private. They didn't want to make it public yet because what's going to happen when they make it public, a lot of stuff is going to happen. They're going to come under scrutiny, a lot of lawsuits, a lot of different things. So that's why it's very important to understand, you know, that when it comes to, when it comes to obviously what's happening in the marketplace, and what's happening with companies that do go private and public, understand that there are advantages and disadvantages of both of them. You know, it's like, okay, what are the advantages of me bringing a sponsor on my podcast? Now, although my podcast is at 315,000 downloads, it has slowed down considerably what it was at the beginning of the year, which is totally fine. Um, I still don't have sponsors, but if a sponsor does come and say, hey, you know, uh, we're interested. We would like to advertise our product on your thing. And I'm like, damn, you know, do I really want my listeners to just have those interruptions in podcasts where you have to skip over something, you know, and depending on who the advertiser is, I'm not going to accept anything from America, especially a physical product, because that doesn't make any sense. And I got to absolutely know the product. And if I do do the product, I want to have a, you know, a piece of, you know, a piece of equity in that company too. So to be honest with you, like sponsoring, I think that's going to be an impossibility. Now, leaving a link in the description, okay. But, you know, there's a lot of things that happens when you end up climbing that ladder and people, you end up becoming very revealed and people get to know you. Does that make sense? So here we go. Let's talk about this. IPO tips. All right. You can't do an IPO on your own. You'll need an investment 
or an investment bank, okay, we're talking about these big guys. We're talking about the Goldman Sachs. They probably won't invest in you anyways because they're the biggest assholes in the world. But anyways, you would need an investment bank to underwrite the offering, okay? So we're going to be going over some of these vocabulary terms. Remember, the Business English Podcast Batch is available, so you're going to get a lot of these definitions and stuff over there very easily. $30 a month or even... $300 a year, two free months. If you guys are interested in some good old business English one-on-one coaching, it's available. Anyways, let's continue. Organizing a beauty parade allows you to assess different banks and choose the best offer. So in an IPO, okay, banks will buy the shares at a discount, okay? So have an IPO, banks buy shares discount and sell them to the market at face value. That's how they make their margin, right? Now, don't choose the bank on costs alone, though. Here's some other things to think about, right? Is the bank, this is a question to ask yourself, is the bank offering a firm commitment, okay? That means they'll buy all the shares or best efforts, that means they'll return any unsold shares Okay, that's the question you have to ask yourself. Are they offering a firm commitment? Remember, a best efforts offer means the bank doesn't really believe in the ability of the company to attract investors. So this is basically a bank saying, oh, okay, we'll do it for you. And they're like, oh, we really don't believe in the product. We really don't care about this one. Okay, so those are two questions you're gonna have to ask yourself. Again, are they going to buy all the shares, okay, And are they going to return any unsold shares? That's the big thing. Number two, does the bank have a proven track record for IPOs on behalf of similar firms? Do your research, okay? Do your research. And what resources does the bank have on hand to help you, okay? So researchers, analysts, contacts, stuff like that. So here we go. What I'm going to do. (sighs) This specific company is considering an IPO. I'm going to read out these company profiles, okay? And the summary of two investment banks offers, okay? Which bank do you think you would choose and why? Remember to follow me on my ESL podcast, okay? And obviously, you guys are going to see see the little entry in regards to the podcast so you can post your comments in regards to IPOs there. All right, people? So in saying that, Aptella, here we go. They are a technology manufacturer based in Barcelona, Spain. They manufacture circuits and other parts for smartphones and do business with all the major players in the industry. They want to raise money, though, through an IPO to expand its production of components for smart appliances, such as, let's say, next generation washing machines. So they're looking for an investor. And what we have here, we have JT Houston and we have Banco Seville. Okay, so what we have here with JT Houston, bank discount, 11%. However, they do offer that firm commitment. Okay, so what's the track record? It has helped take a wide range of manufacturing and technology companies public. Most recently, it managed the IPO of ARD, a direct competitor of Aptella. 
So we have a competitor of Aptella that had been marketed already by JT Houston. Conflict of interest much? Perhaps. Let's continue. What's the profile though? One of the world's largest investment banks, JT Houston, operates in all major markets and is a respected global force in the industry. Blah, 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 blah. Motherfucking blah. Okay. I can't, you know, I don't really care about people's track records. It's kind of like when you go into a meeting, okay? And if you go into a meeting, let's say at a Vayner, Vayner Media, okay? If any of you guys watch Gary Vee, I don't watch him anymore. He's, still, he's like very t- 2016 to 2018. Um, and right when they go into the meeting, people state their name and they state their money. And I'm like, damn, so your name is attached to your money. Your identity is all money-centered. Those are the type of people you really don't want to deal with, especially if they're investors. If someone says, hello, my name is Barbara. I run this company and I have 600 million in assets. And I'm like, fuck you. Fuck your company. Fuck your assets. Get out of here. No, tell me what have you done to contribute to the over, to overall society? And don't tell me you give your money to pencils of promise. <laughs> Let's continue. Banco Sevilla. Bank discount, 6% firm commitment. Oh, let's look at the track record. It has taken many Spanish companies public, mostly in the real estate sector, but it has worked, okay, with several manufacturing and software companies too. It recently managed the IPO of Haristo, a component manufacturer for the automotive industry. Okay, now, profile. Banco Seville is one of the oldest banks in Spain and is dominant in the market. It also has some subsidiaries throughout Europe and strong relationships with European stock exchanges. That is very, very important. So if we break this down, okay, the benefits. If we look at, obviously, the track record, are you going to go with the world's largest investment bank or are you going to go with one of the oldest banks? Now, I'm going to go with morals and values, and I know that sits within the oldest versus the largest investment bank. I feel like the largest investment bank, it's all money-centered, and that's all they care about. They don't care about the genuine feelings. That's number one. Now, it operates in all major markets and, you know, respected global force. However, they obviously did take a competitor, you know, public. And I think there's a huge conflict of interest. But if we look at this one, it has worked with software companies too. It recently managed IPO, et cetera, et cetera. What I really like about the profile, and I don't really look at profiles, but when I look at this profile, is it has also some subsidiaries throughout Europe, okay, and strong relationships with European stock exchanges. Now, remember, Aptella, they need to raise money through an IPO to expand its production of components for smart appliances such as next-generation washing machines, depending on where they're planning on selling this. But again, because they're going to go public, they're going to be in the stock. So the stocks could play a pivotal role in assets and margins, right? Now, subsidiaries throughout Europe. Okay, that means they have connections. That means, obviously, if you want to get out the next generation washing machines, you know some people, and those people know some people. I believe, personally, it's kind of like, okay, Arsenio, are you going to go with the oldest bank, or are you going to go with the new bank? Now, the new bank, are they trusted? Okay, I don't care if you're the largest investment bank in the world, and if you are, that's actually a weakness. Why? Simply because I don't. I don't trust them. I believe that they're not doing it in the best interest of me. However, if you deal with someone who already has morals and values at stake in one of the oldest investment banks and no one 
how many people they know and they've, you know, they've brought people public and all that stuff. It's the simple fact that they have subsidiaries and they have strong relationships in European stock exchanges. All JT is going to do, it sounds like, is they're going to put you public and that's it. They're probably not going to walk you through the ropes of the stock exchange. They probably don't have relationships. And if they do have relationships, they could potentially be toxic relationships. This is all about IPOs, people. So what I'm going to do, we're going to be listening to Aptella and JT Houston underwrite an IPO. Okay. We're going to listen to the negotiations, but we're going to be doing that in next week's podcast in, uh, on Monday. All right. So. With that being said, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another wonderful ESL podcast and investment podcast. Man, we're coming up on the end very soon, so you guys better stay tuned. Over and out.